Hello and welcome to season four, episode four of the Music Works podcast. I'm Katie Beardsworth, director and founder of Polyphony Arts, and today I'm delighted to welcome Katya Pekisheva and Charles Owen, co-artistic directors of the London Piano Festival, which they launched together in 2016. This year, it will once again be taking place at King's Place, beginning in exactly a week's time from the date of this episode, running from the 8th to the 10th of October. Both Katya and Charles are internationally recognised pianists in their own right, and they also have a highly successful and personally rewarding piano duo partnership, performing regularly at festivals worldwide. In this episode, we're going to hear about their very special partnership as performers and festival directors. And stay tuned for more information about the amazing cross-disciplinary programme in this year's London Piano Festival and where to book your tickets for one or more of this year's exciting offering. But first, here's a message from our sponsor. Music Works is generously supported by Allianz Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer. Allianz offer a team of music experts who understand musicians' needs and lifestyles, especially helpful during the strange times we're in. You can get cover for all types of instruments and musical equipment with protection against accidental damage, loss, theft and more. And, unlike home insurance, there's no excess to pay on instrument or accessory claims. At the moment, Allianz have a special online offer with two months free cover. Not only that, every Allianz music policy now includes free legal assistance and support so you can protect yourself both as a musician and in your personal life. Find out more at alliancemusic.co.uk. Allianz, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. So now let's go over to the Music Works studio where Katya and Charles are waiting to speak to us. Welcome Katya and Charles, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so today here we have um, Katya Apekasheva and Charles Owen, uh, the co-directors of the London Piano Festival. And the Piano Festival starts, the 2021 Piano Festival starts on the 8th of October, just a few days after this podcast is being released. Um, so let's dive right in. Do tell us about the festival, please. Uh, well, we, our festival has started in 2016. Well, Charles and I are very old friends and we both studied piano at Royal College of Music with the same wonderful teacher, Irina Zaritskaya. And we, we dreamt about having festival together as friends for a few years before it became a reality. So for us, it was very special to finally find King's Place in London as our home. Mm. It has two fantastic grand pianos, Steinways. Yeah, I mean, we had the idea. I think it was born when we visited a festival in Ireland where we're actually going tomorrow. Ten years ago, we were there. It's the New Ross Piano Festival and our wonderful colleague and friend, Fenian Collins, runs that. And it was one of those occasions where lots and lots of pianists gathered. And normally when musicians gather, the instruments, all instruments are there and voice as well. But this was a real focus on piano. And we thought, well, maybe we can bring this to London, something similar, because it's quite a rare event in a way, because having an all pianists event, including spoken word, it's just something which is not always done. 
and there are many, many chamber music festivals. So we decided let's add this to London. And the first one was in 2016. 16. Yeah. yeah, 16. And um, last year was just a, we did a special gala evening, which had 100 people in the hall and uh, many people a online. Fundraiser. Yeah, yeah, special fundraiser. But apart from that, the festivals sometimes has been up to five days of events. This time, post-COVID, like a lot of people, we're returning a little bit more compact in form. Yeah, a bit more cautious also, because mm. we didn't yeah. know this year, until quite recently, whether mm. we could have full capacity or mm. not, and what would happen, so we didn't want yeah. to risk it. And yeah. Yeah, it's been very difficult for planning, hasn't it? Um, it, it has indeed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, and so, the, so tell us more about the format this year. So you've got the 8th, the 10th of October. Mm -hmm. and here is the website for anyone listening on audio londonpianofestival.com you can read all about it mm -hmm. um so what yes, have you got planned well we have four events this year so it starts on friday night at 7 30 with uh, wonderful venezuelan pianist gabriela montero mm -hmm. who, who is a very interesting musician and she's doing not only wonderful classical program but she does fantastic improvisations mm -hmm. So her program is called Immigrant. Mm, yes, and she's including com yeah. all composers who left their homeland uh, to move somewhere else. And for example, Rachmaninoff, Stravinsky, Prokofiev. Um, and then in the second ha half, she's going to be improvising to a black and white film with Charlie Chaplin. So the film will play silently and she will be at the piano creating something as a one-off. So it can never be repeated in the same way. She's one of the most gifted improvisers anywhere on the piano very versatile yeah i mean she's a truly great pianist in her own right but as this improvising is an element which is extremely unique and we're so excited that she's going to open this festival it's a kind of a dream come true to have her that's fantastic yeah. and such a particularly poignant thing to have opening the festival after covid when um mm. there's been so much online music making and everything digitally captured to have something that's a, a one-of-a-kind moment in time yes, yes. exactly i mean exactly. I'm, I'm sure you agree that that's nowadays now that performing is restarted we'll talk about it more later it, it it's lovely not to have microphones and cameras at a performance just sometimes yes, <laughs> yeah it's been a it, it, you know it's been a, a, a useful addition to you know experimenting with how it works and so on but i think it's definitely taught us um that, you know that there's a whole other experience to be had of um, mm -hmm. un uncaptured <laughs> in the moment. Yeah. Definitely, I think it's something also to do with risk taking. Sometimes when you're being mm. filmed, you're a little bit more maybe Cautious, bit, yes, yeah, just a little bit nervous, more controlled. It's yeah. a different it's a different mindset for absolutely everyone who has been performing, though a valuable one. Mm. But mm. should we go back to the program? Yeah, <laughs> the, I can see um, it going down that road. We'll come back to it. Yes, let's go back to the program. <laughs> So that's the Friday night. And then on Saturday, uh, Katya is giving a solo recital. I'm going to embarrass her and tell you her Schubert is the most extraordinary thing. And so oh. she's giving an all Schubert program. And perhaps oh. you'd like to say a few words about uh, it. Just uh, playing late Schubert's pieces, his three very late pieces, and uh, his famous B-flat major sonata, mm. which is one of the last three sonatas that he wrote. Mm. It has fantastic atmosphere depth it's like a different universe mm. music has very mm. very special intensity and color mm. magical music yeah something timeless i mean we talk about late schubert but of course he was 31 at the time 
kind of <laughs> astonishing, isn't it? Yeah, and yet it does feel like the end of life, maybe. Yeah, in, in places, definitely. Yes. Yeah. So. I would describe him, I don't know if you agree, as a kind of seer, a musical visionary. Yeah. You know, mm, looking yeah. beyond this beyond this world yes. somehow lonely wanderer i also yes. think of him sometimes his yeah. music has this sense of journey mm. very personal it journey. does yeah yeah absolutely um, oh well just hearing you speak about it is excited <laughs> for that uh, yeah. that program that sounds wonderful and then we have the two piano gala which is a our sort of most central part of our festival always has been, which yeah. actually also been taken on by BBC Radio 3. Yes. So be going Great. to be right, live on the radio. Mm. And um, that's when all the pianists taking part mixed together in different duets, mm. two piano combinations. Mm. And it's a real feast of pianists. And, mm. and there are always some party pieces. Yeah. Well, I mean, this year we uh, Gabriella will join us from the first evening, and then two of our very closest friends. I've mentioned Finney and Collins already. The the running running new Ross, he will join us, and Catherine Stott will uh, be the the fifth guest. In previous years, we've had up to seven artists performing, but this again, it's just a slimmed down version. But no compromise on repertoire. There's some of the greatest works for two pianos. For example, the Mozart. Sonata, which is this incredible conversation between the two pianos, Rachmaninoff's second suite. Um, and another thing we do every year is commission a new work. And the new work for this year is something pretty unusual, pretty yes, unique. Very unusual. Um, and we are just about to start rehearsing it tomorrow in Ireland. So, yes. what do you want to say? Yes, about it's it? a commission of a wonderful composer, Sally Beamish. Mm. And, and she's written us a piece for three pianists playing mm. on two pianos. It's mm. a very unusual, well, I've never heard of sort of piece no. written for three pianists. Ah. Mm. Yeah, and it's based on Shakespeare's sonnet, and where there is a love triangle. Mm. And um, it's going <laughs> it, to be quite dramatic and theatrical. It, exactly. So it's the two of us plus Finian, as I've mentioned, and it's a mm. co-commission between our London Piano Festival and his new Ross Piano Festival. Um, mm. And that actually is a uh, nowadays more and more festivals are doing these co-commissions. It's, 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 it seems such such a shame to go to the expense and all the effort from the composer and then play the piece just a handful of times whereas if it's Absolutely. done more in different places but let me tell you a little bit more that we know from what sally's told us and what she's written um yeah shakespeare she's chosen two of his sonnets including the most famous shall i compare thee to a summer's day and she was inspired by the story of how shakespeare uh, fell in love with both a young man and a woman and how the three of them then they fell in love with each other so that's how it's going to work two guys playing and katya and the lady's called the the sonnets written to the dark lady so this is the dark lady so, it fits, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so we should do the introduction again <laughs> and, uh, exactly um, and so it's a, a kind of drama dialogue between two, us in different combinations. And there will be times when all three of us will be playing simultaneously and moving between pianos. I think it's going yeah. to... And pushing each other off the piano. Yes, and yeah, Sliding yeah. across. And also, <laughs> we, we actually haven't yet started rehearsing. We can't wait. Mm. And I already anticipate lots of giggles during yes. the rehearsal. Definitely. That sounds yes. fascinating. So are there different... Are there specific roles? Like the, each of these parts will, yes. will play a role. And so you'll know that, you know, piano three needs to do this. Yes, or, yes, yes. Well, yeah. that actually also the score looks fun because it has different colours to yes. mark 
different parts so we know who is moving where. So yeah. love a color code. Really, really exciting. <laughs> yes, I get and I get to play William Shakespeare, which is very exciting. <laughs> you know, um, that's that's a good that's a good career moment. <laughs> I, I, I think so. <laughs> so I, I, I think the audience is in for a real surprise there. And, and from what I can tell you from having learnt my own part, the music is exquisite. And you can, you can hear uh, little snippets of Elizabethan folk song that she's, Sally's woven into the score. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, and there's a lot of dialogue. And I think it's going to be an extraordinary occasion. Mm. Yes. Oh, goodness. I'm sold. That sounds mm. brilliant. I love Sally's work. That sounds mm. such yeah. fun and so interesting and just mm. fantastic. Yeah. And then there's going to be a big concert of Charles and Marcus. Do you want to say a bit about that? Yeah, well, so the, 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 the Saturday evening we've described as the gala. And then on Sunday we have just this one event, but it's an event that I did with Marcus de Sotoy, the mathematician from Oxford University. And also he's such a beloved presenter and writer and he makes mathematics a little bit clearer for someone like me who doesn't really understand mm -hmm. very much. Yes. <laughs> um, and... I was asked to join Marcus, uh, it wasn't, wasn't long before lockdown actually, to give a performance of the Goldberg Variations preceded by his lecture on symmetry, symmetry in the Goldberg Variations, in art, in music, in nature, architecture, and he weaves together many, many threads. So the first half is about a sort of 45 minute lecture, short interval, and then the complete performance of the epic uh, Goldberg Variations by myself. Oh, how fantastic. Well, what a program. Yeah, so that's it. It's, I mean, normally we would have seven, eight events, but this time just these four, but each of the four events is a significant heavyweight event. Nothing is a sort of flash in the pan. I was going to say, and like, you know, obviously often in festival programs, you get the lighter and the, the, the more sort of showpiece um, events, don't you? But this is like... You yeah, know, for really huge things. That's incredible. Yes. In, in our previous festivals, we nearly every time we had jazz pian pian mm -hmm. piano as well, mm -hmm. and the children's concert. Yes. So um, oh, that's... that's something we normally do, but it just this year, uh, because of the reasons we mentioned, mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. sort of thought better sort of keep oh, yes. it short and sweet. You know, yeah, exactly. Not, just just not take yeah. too many risks. And and well, we're hoping yeah. that next year possibly we'll come back to the full format exactly if things are uh, back to normal we miss just piano yes <laughs> you know it's so nice to have something totally different we had some fantastic musicians oh, yes. joining Unbelievable. us over the years we've had the likes of sort of Gwilym Simcock, Julian Joseph, Jason Rubello and that is an wow. element we'll miss this year but soon again um, but I think most people have returned with a series which is not their full series. They've not programmed mm -hmm. epic, epic events because it's just too much to risk. And, yeah. and, and one is planning in sort of April or May. And uh, what do you know? We, we, none of us were certain. Um, no, absolutely. It's, uh, no, I completely agree. I mean, a lot yeah. of things are still... Um, pared back and um and cautious and if this is a cautious program um with the number of events it's certainly not with the content is it <laughs> thanks <sir. laughs> so let's have the plug then how can people buy tickets ah well from us uh, you need to go onto the king's place <laughs> website and search for london yeah. piano festival or you or can... london piano festival website london piano festival. yeah direct to the king's place exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. So all the information's on LondonPianoFestival.com and to book yeah. tickets, you go onto the King's Place website. 
Absolutely. Fantastic. Also, I may add on the on the website, you can see uh, video clips of some of the previous festivals, um, some of our commissions from other composers. Well, I mean, we've, we've commissioned Jonathan Dove, Nika Mouli, Elena Langer in the past, and some of those are available to watch to give people a flavour of what it's like. And just returning briefly to the two pianos for a moment, it's if an audience member hasn't been, there's something extraordinary about seeing two interlocking full-size grand pianos and the synchronization and the communication between the two pianists over a very large space, lots of eye contact and breathing. Yes. Yeah, um, it is really fantastic, isn't it? I always think the um, if I was ever introducing someone to any kind of um, chamber music, it would always be that that communication between very small numbers of artists creating incredible mm. music um, mm. is always just something really worth watching. Mm. Actually, Katie, it's lovely to hear you describing chamber music as just as a yeah. pair, because yeah. so often we get really irritated as, as pianists when we play what we call a duo sonata, so yes. the violin or piano, <laughs> piano or cello, where the two parts are in conversation there, and often the piano part is even more demanding. Yes, more <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. You arrive at the venue and your name's been left off the poster or you're in the... Oh, you're called the company. Yes. You're the drawer of the <laughs> so, pianist. <laughs> so that's the great thing about the piano duo is that when two pins play together, no, neither of them can be called uh, subservient or in yeah. secondary. So that's <laughs> real democracy there. Yeah, we'll yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, as a singer, you'll never hear me say anything else. The, the pianist is everything. <laughs> and something that segues neatly into um, talking about our next topic, which is the impact of COVID, thinking about the um, the number of occasions I've had opportunity to sing with a pianist is precisely one over the last two years. So, uh, you yes. know, um, and uh, I know we wanted to talk about this, uh, something that we've discussed a lot on this podcast before is, it, of course, is the um, the impact of, of COVID on musicians. I'd love to hear um, your experiences as performers, as festival directors, mm -hmm. as however you'd like to, to talk about it, really. Well, I mean, I think, Needless to say, it's been devastating for our profession, the inability to perform, for performer, performers in particular, because I suppose COVID affected everyone very strongly, but perhaps, you know, for composers, they could still, you know, continue doing what they do, mm -hmm. you know, but for us, it's suddenly, I remember having great plans last year for sort of uh, late spring, uh, you know, the summer with festivals and different projects. I remember do, try, uh, learning lots of Beethoven because it was a Beethoven's yeah. year last yeah. year and um, sort of learning sonatas. And then suddenly it's like, you know, it's all been taken away and uh, completely feeling numb. And, you know, for me in particular, because I have an eight-year-old daughter, we, you know, had to do homeschooling, had to do all these things and mm. kind of forgetting my creative self. And, and I think that, was so unbelievably hard and actually just not knowing or understanding how the future will look and so i think mm. that was really hard yeah i mean we met up a couple of times we both live in north london and we met up for some walks uh, as what else was there to do really but there was that beautiful spring and it was such a feeling of being in suspended animation I mean, I, I sort of decided to use the first lockdown to do a lot of studying, reading, and I, uh, that's what got me through it, apart from amazing weather. Um, mm -hmm. But there comes a point 
where you can't just keep being positive when you're not on stage, when you're not getting the feedback. And it was great to do live streaming. It was great to do recording and a handful of live concerts in the middle of the year. But you, you, you know yourself, Katie, as a performer, it's just so difficult to, without getting that kind of yeah, feedback is the word I would use. And, and feedback and also something to work towards. Yes. It's something that we look forward mm. to. We, we, yeah. we, a lot of musicians like ourselves, we always live a little bit in the future because mm. we always think of future dates. Yes. And, mm. and uh, it's, it's very strange suddenly to not have that. Mm, definitely. But the other thing about it was that it, suddenly one had to react very quickly to short notice invitations so that's been a good thing um and be ready to go and the sands are still shifting last minute cancellations come in for all sorts of reasons um and the other thing i'm sure this has come up with other guests of yours is that uh, people have th their mental state is not exactly the same as before and no. may have lost a little bit of confidence just to walk out on the stage again yeah, you know, too, that's yeah. it's getting in that mindset as well as being on top of the repertoire. Um, and the stamina, totally. You, you sort of you lose the mm. training, a bit yeah. like sports people, I guess, mm. you know, sort of mentally because it's such a mental, mentally sort of demanding, demanding thing, mm. yeah. You know, just and physically things. as well. I remember I spoke to the pianist Alistair Hogarth on this podcast quite mm. a while ago. Um, mm. one of the first episodes we did, and he said that one of the things that he was struggling with was the amount of time. He needed to spend in the gym to keep himself in in his mm. um in the physical shape that he needed to do to, to play the piano so often mm. and he was sort of struggling with that side of things which i think a lot of people hadn't heard of as well um mm. so yeah there's been, there's been such a lot isn't there and i think the um that thing you said um about always maintaining positivity is, is exactly right isn't it mm. no one can really do that and we all have our whatever it is that spurs us to um to progress or to do things with enthusiasm and to enjoy them mm. and whether it's deadlines or concert dates or mm. um audience feedback or any of those things it's been um it's mm. been it what well, i think has been particularly difficult has been the almost dismissing of how much those things are needed with people saying oh well, you know you've got loads of time to practice and you you mm. know you can just spend some time doing this and that and the other and it's mm. and you know it's I mean, I, I always said at the beginning of uh, sort of as, as lockdown, beca it became clear that it wasn't just a sort of few weeks thing. I, mm. I placed myself firmly in the camp of someone who um, didn't want to hear about whoever was learning Japanese or uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I have a young child as well. And actually, that was the other thing. You didn't necessarily have control over what you were doing. Mm. Um, no, and what I, you might I choose to do with a random hiatus. Um, I feel exactly <laughs> the same. Having, you know, there was, yeah. an, in particularly in the last lockdown, which I found even harder mm. than the winter one because it was just such a difficult time of the year and not mm. no much light and, and cold and sort of you really felt like you were at home all the time and and, and I kind of stopped and I just I hardly practiced and I just mm. thought well this is you know I just have just have to get through this difficult time mm. just have no inspiration or mm. my, headspace for sort of other activities you know for mm. you know sort yeah. of yeah so well let's hope it's all behind us i hope so absolutely and um, and so what's it like to be returning to performing now oh it's a well it was a great joy i mean i i returned in june were you the same 
Yeah. Yeah. Just the first few times, I sort of had this deal with myself. Like I will, any, any, anything that doesn't go quite right in a performance, I will forgive myself. And I returned with uh, one of the most demanding piano concertos, the second Chopin concerto. And Chopin is so transparent and virtuoso and has to be like Mozart, most 19th century Mozart. And I thought anything that goes wrong, it's fine. And it, well, the good thing was, I was doing it four times twice per night so that was already getting me in the saddle and then it was straight into chamber music so collaborating with amazing players very very swiftly after that and then now I feel a bit more on a roll and also we're thrilled to be playing together again because we had a little bit in 2020 but I, I really missed our collaboration yes what well, do you think yeah now the same thing I mean I've also had most crazy intense summer almost too much mm. like the other extreme because I was agreeing to everything mm. which came my way because you know after months of no doing nothing and there was just suddenly so much playing teaching on summer courses and and just sort of non-stop and, and like charles mentioned before some cancellations of other mm. artists came mm. in so you just mm. take it and and, mm. and it's great but it's also exhausting so i feel, <laughs> feel like i need holidays yes and <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually think, uh, i agree with katya that um so many promoters thought right let's do it now we've had to reschedule this four or five times let's get it all and so you find yourself in the same two weeks playing way too much repertoire that you would never yeah. normally agree to yeah. people were sort of so terrified that they didn't get it in that window that there'd be a yeah. <laughs> thing. i think we're all nervous and we don't want to let any opportunity pass no. so mm. um, you know. yeah yeah there's been a lot in that hasn't there the sort of um it suddenly snaps back in no one's really been able to plan as we've already mm. said and so mm. i mean obviously this is a generalization lots of people have planned things and worked on mm. a very uh, uncertain basis for a long time but some some of the smaller places were able to just be like right we're gonna do some concerts and, mm. <laughs> yes. and then the performers had to come along with that for the ride yeah. you know? yes absolutely yeah. but uh, mm. anyway i just think now we're much more back in the saddle and it's very, very exciting. And um, I think that, you know, on a plus side, there was more time to study and maybe read and do all of that sort of thing. But it, there's no question without the adrenaline in, in, in I speak, I'm sure I speak for you too, mm, Katina, yeah. without any adrenaline in your system, if in the normal way, it's very hard to get motivated, you know, to prepare a full, say, hour and a half's worth of music. Uh, it's just not possible, yeah, you know. Yeah. If however yeah. much you love it. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it is wonderful to hear about your fabulous festival and to hear that uh, that the uh, things are looking brighter for performing. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah. I share your hope very much that uh, that this will um, continue. <laughs> that yeah, we'll definitely. Down again. <laughs> Thank you both for giving such great insight into the festival and the huge amount of creative thought, preparation and sheer hard work that goes into it. It's been really fascinating to hear how the music, which obviously forms the core of the programme, is being supported and enhanced by elements from other disciplines, from Shakespeare's sonnets to the rarefied field of mathematics. You've talked about how great it is to be back in the concert hall again, and you certainly are bringing live piano music back with something really special. To find out more information, you can go to londonpianofestival.com. You can book tickets on the King's Place website, kingsplace.co.uk. And to find out more about Katya and Charles, you can find their websites at katyaapikasheva.com and charlesowen.net. Thank you so much for joining us.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Music Works podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe, check out our other great episodes, and even better, leave us a review. You can also sign up to our mailing list at www.polyphonyarts.com forward slash mailing dash list for updates and news about what Polyphony Arts is up to for all you classical music folk out there. You can find more information in the show notes as well. Meanwhile, I'm Katie Beardsworth and I look forward to sharing with you the next great episode of Music Works. Music Works is generously supported by Alliance Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer. Alliance Music Insurance, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. Music Works is a Polyphony Arts production. Thank you for listening.